loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz, racing's biggest fan. Well, it was an emotionally draining weekend on the sport and racing front for many reasons. Um, for, for one person in particular, they would have won $10 million as they hatched the uh, Mega Millions and the Everest Mega Millions. So I assume that their weekend ended on a, a bit of an ecstasy high. Uh, for the rest of us, it was just up and down. If you were team, I wish I win. It was a bit of a tough watch. Stephen Hunt joins us here at the TA, from the TAB right now. Stephen, it was a, a pretty big weekend, mate. There are a lot of highs, a lot of group ones, and then a $20 million race and somebody's $10 million richer. So where do you want to start? Oh, well, where do we start, Louis? Uh, finally take a breath. Come Tuesday after what's unfolded the last 48, 72 hours. As you say, with it, just the racing, the rugby that was on Sunday and yesterday morning, uh, the $10 million, man, that bloke's cost me any sort of bonus at the end of the year. Uh, the list goes on. It's just, it's just incredible what was unfolded the last few days. But uh, oh, it was fantastic. I thought, I wish I, wish I went with her run or his run held up plenty of merit. Uh, a lot of people suggesting barrier one costs a horse. I'm a little bit against that. Uh, look, he didn't cover any extra ground. If he draws maybe in a middle marble, he's probably one or pair two, uh, one or pair two further back. Um, so, look, I thought he probably had his chance, just the best horse one on the day. But, uh, yeah, it's been a fantastic uh, weekend and also domestically, which we'll touch on very shortly, Lou. Mm. Yeah, it's a good, good. It's a good conversation around the barrier one. I take your point that if he did draw a middle marble, he would have been further back. So, and and I also accept that. Think about it was probably the horse to beat. In hindsight, um, he's just a winning machine. So, would he have been able to get past him with a clean run and to be able to build momentum? I guess that's the kind of hypothetical you're getting yourself into. But once he did get out, you saw him dash. So, I guess the question that lingers is if he got out earlier, could he have got that turn of foot going to get him over the top? I think the answer is probably no. Upon reflection and having another couple of days to think about it, I think you're right. I think think about it was just too quick, too big on the day. And and then you have to go deep into the hypothetical machine and say, well, then if think about it draws gate one or out, then maybe if uh, they start from a st- even standing start, who wins? Well, that's just not really how it works. So it's a little bit of a pointless um, proposition to go through. But I just think the horses run massive and he's he's going to keep... What about the champion sprint now up the straight in Peritres? I hope these horses go there. What a, what a contest that'll be. Oh, mouthwater. Um, Joe Pride during the week or even just out of the, the last 48 hours have basically said that Imperatrice was dodging uh, the Everest field, um, but I don't think that was the case. Um, and if he's willing to talk the talk, hopefully he can bring that particular individual down to Flemington, we can see a real match down the, uh, down the Flemington straight. And you include, I wish I win, hopefully he's pulled up sound and safe and he can be there as well. And it would be a, a mouth-watering clash, as I say. So uh, hopefully that will progress in the next two to three weeks. But it's one race of many that I'm looking forward to in the, in the come spring. So back home, um, look, Alan Sharrick's done it. We we, we spoke just before we were seeing bets, weren't we? Um, They had kind of identified Ladies Man as the the extra runner that they wanted to be with. And just Ryan Elliott, like, what can you say about this guy when he gets into a group one? And that was a gorgeous ride. He got the suck up on the bend. There was enough pressure for Ladies Man to get over the top. And did you think Pearl of Alsace had her chance? And and as Clado was suggesting, first time over ground, maybe just felt a little bit of a stitch late? 
Yeah, possibly, possibly. It's always tough first time over ground. There's nothing better than race day fitness over 2,000 metres. So, um, look, I think the best horse won on reflection, Lou. Uh, the race shape, they've gone out even to the 688.68, coming home last 636 and change, which is uh, in converting to lengths plus five lengths versus open class. Look, the overall speed rating was 1.4 lengths above the class. And it was a clear PB for ladies' man with performance rating of 101.6. So, and as I touched on, and you've already mentioned this morning, the betting flux around ladies' man, she was clearly the best bet, or he was clearly the best bet running. He opened at $8, closed at 4.8. Uh, was the best bet in terms of dollars invested, held two times more money than Mustang Valley and Pearl of Our Say. So a lot of people were confident that, Livermo, uh, that he could do the job in the Livermore, and he did do that, and he rewarded punters on uh, Saturday afternoon. So what other runs out of it did you like? Well, I think Pearl of Alsace, you've got to say it was an encouraging run, as we say, first time over 2,000 metres, weight for age versus the boys. We know she's been competitive at weight for age against her own sex, but it's always a different dynamic against the boys. Her going forward, well, I'd be tempted to freshen her back to the mile at Trenton in my backyard here in a few weeks' time in the Captain Cook. It was interesting to hear Sam Weatherly's comments post-Saturday suggesting blinkers for Pearl of Alsace might be the the way forward, but uh, I, look, I wouldn't be shocked if she was freshened up just slightly. Uh, normally, Trentham at a mile can be a hard mile, uh, being the big roomy track. I thought she might be well placed there. And Mustang Valley, well, the bet flack on Saturday was interesting itself. 220 up to 330, which is an alarming drift. Her performance rating was 1.5 lengths below her Arrowfield stud plate win a few weeks back. So you've got to ask the question, was it the good track that regressed her performance? There was bar plates, as we know, was a gear change. We know that can be a a big profit in terms of loss, uh, 20% below, uh, minus 20% in terms of profit on turnover when that particular gear change is added to a horse. Um, so, look, does she go over to Australia? We know Melbourne and Sydney, it's playing fairly dry. It's a hot and warm yep. spring thus far over across the Tasman. So, And domestically here, the weather's starting to heat up as well. So do they just turn her out, bring her back in the autumn? Those are questions Andrew's got to ask himself. It's a, it's a really good point, and the weather patterns are... It's not like it was last year where she got over there and she got to be able to run on a couple of wet tracks and put in some good performances. I, right now, as we speak, the, the track side has the replay of the Liverpool on. Um, you know, the, the, the thing that I love is all of the favoured runners got nice runs into it. There was, there's no hard luck stories. It was a very even race, and um, as I say, Ryan Alley just got that beautiful suck into it on the back of... Um, uh, aromatic on the bend and the way he let down oh, I'm very excited and, and you know Alan's <laughs> stranger things have happened than Alan taking a Z to Australia to win a big race right <laughs> if anyone was going to do it yeah, well look, he's, he's doing it on behalf of the connections the owners wanted to map this plan out uh, working back 12 months ago uh, and he's done the right thing right up to now. It's up to the horse now. Um, hopefully the horse can make the field and there's no dramas there about trying to position him into a race and go left field in terms of a preparation between now and the first Tuesday in November. From all accounts, they want to run in the Lexus on Derby Day, uh, what, 48 hours before the Melbourne Cup. And they don't really want to screw him down to be winning that race. So they've got a little bit left in the tank come the first Tuesday. So, um, look, I think there's second declarations today. They'll know better placed uh, this afternoon where the horse sits in order of entry. Uh, but hopefully it all pans out beautifully for the horse. Because when you're, when you're targeting a race like that and you're up against the best of the best, in particular the high European stayers, you want everything to work in your favour. Yeah, and it's not going to be conventional because it isn't. Um but I, I would like to think he's in that field. Wait for age group one winner here in uh, October in New Zealand. Um, 
here is a question for you. Adam, I am. Um, <laughs> Philip Brown, he has got another one. Out the, and out the gate. And he is a gorgeous-looking Almanzor. He's got a big, beautiful stride on him. And I can only imagine he did some pretty nice things to the clock. Well, to the eye, it looked pretty decent. I see that he's second favourite in the, the uh, Karaka Million Four-Year-Old, the new race, the Elston Park Aotearoa Classic, it's called, behind Legato. So, gee whiz, owe to be some sort of connections like Philip Brown. <laughs> you would love to own a horse with them, wouldn't you? The next season or two, just line up a horse with the Browns and you're almost guaranteed a decent horse. But just back on Adam, I am. Look, he was very good on the eye, no doubting, Lou, but... Look, and he's a very auspicious type, uh, but the key is he's yet to smash the clock. He, he didn't really smash okay. the clock when winning at Matamata on debut and also on Saturday, and I'll just dive into a few of his numbers. The four 1,400-metre events on the day, the maiden is at, which he won, record the slowest overall time of 123 and change. The speed rating for the race was below class. Length, less than length, so no real knock there, but in terms of comparable to what he produced in his maiden performance he produced on Saturday, so there was no real significant improvement from what he did at Maramara to what he did at Hastings. Saying that, the positives, he's yet to really be tested. You look at the winning margins, he won on debut by, I think, roughly five lengths. He won on Saturday by more than two lengths, so he's yet to be tested. And when a horse can be tested, they can go into another gear, which we'll probably see from Adam I.M., and that's maybe why he's restricted in smashing the clock. And I think a key factor that a lot of people just look over at times is the SP, the starting profile. Now, Adam I.M. Mm-hmm. started deep into the red on debut, and then also at Hastings, in a strong man there's that race, he went from 280 on opening, backed into a, into the red to a dollar ninety. Now, to, to get those significant firms around a horse, uh, there's a couple of factors, but one of them is the pros, and the pros would be identifying the horse and backing them, and they've got a lot of decent algorithms and machinery to identify a horse that could be well above average. And uh, to move that significant in a big race day at Hastings on Saturday against a reasonable field, 280 into $1.80 is speaking volumes. Hey, uh, Stephen, we'll finish on this one. We've got about a minute. Now, Star of Justice at the the at Ashburton yesterday, um, she did her thing. I could not believe, speaking of markets and prices, I could not believe the price she got to because I think they were always sus- suspicious of Viva Vienna at that trip, and that would make me more suspicious, obviously, going to a mile for the 1,000 guineas, where I think Star of Justice being a, a justify, um, watching what they're doing. I don't know if you saw City of Troy over the weekend around the world. You'd have to think that she is very much part of this 1,000 guineas makeup. Absolutely, absolutely. I think there's more questions and answers that unfolded around the 1,000 guineas on the weekend with Molly Bloom, etc. but we won't get into her individually. But just back on Star of Justice, really good win. I'm not totally surprised she eased so much on the back of her debut win. It rated horribly and was 10 lengths okay. inferior to what Viva Vienna produced on the same day in the Canterbury Bell. So just down to numbers, which we do see the result and the reason for significant firms and drifts, that was probably the main factor around start of justice, doubling her original price. But look, as you, you're right, you're bang on. She's by Justify. She should eat up the mile record in. Where the question mark, Viva Vienna, will she get the mile? That's questions that needs to that needs to be answered by pundits looking forward. But look, she's definitely in the conversation. Where's her price? She was fourteen dollars prior to her victory yesterday. Star of Justice. She's eight dollars. You've got Luber on Molly Bloom, five dollars each of two, and Pender Bell, Shanti Lace, a couple of those horses. We should see this Saturday. So hopefully we get more some more answers this Saturday rather than last. Beautiful stuff. Stephen Hunt, TAB, he's the big bookie there and uh, he does a wonderful job giving us some numbers and transparency on a Tuesday, reflecting lit back on a massive weekend of racing. David at Blackpool.
is it good enough that Rotorua was cancelled halfway through the card? You say, no, I mean, of course it's not, David. It's very frustrating. Ashburton sympathies because uh, the wind, and, and they managed to reschedule that nice and quick. So I'll have a look and see if we can find out what they're doing with the rest of that Rotorua meet for you, David, and, and let you know before the end of the show. But we are seven minutes away from 11. We'll keep moving back with more after this.